0: coming up on this episode of here's an idea
1: people were very interested in seeing what we were doing at the hospital with the robots there were also some people stepping out of the way of the robot even though they didn't need to because the robot automatically avoids obstacles and people
2: it occurred to us that gee if we could have some kind of a robot that could be operated remotely the robot wouldn't care if there were germs, and it could push the buttons.
3: I always feel like a really successful robot is going to have a personality, kind of like Johnny Five, if you know that movie.
0: This episode of Here's an Idea is brought to you by Futech Advanced Sensor Technology. Futech helps leading innovators shape the future by providing custom sensing and test measurement instruments for groundbreaking applications. Futech solutions push the limits of measurement capabilities and development to reinvent and redefine sensor technology. Tommy is helping nurses at the Circolo Hospital in Verace, a city in the northern Lombardy region of Italy, a place that was the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak in early 2020. Tommy does a lot of the work that doctors and nurses don't have time for. Tommy stays by patients when doctors need to rush to assist someone else who needs critical care. Ever the helper, Tommy monitors the equipment in a room and records messages that patients might have for the doctor or nurse, and Tommy goes nonstop, because Tommy... Is a robot. A robot, in fact, has become a valuable helper for hospitals as hospitals confront a pandemic and assist a growing number of patients. After all, a robot won't get sick. With a set of wheels, a tray, and some navigation software, a robot can bring supplies without infecting a staff. A robot like Tommy is sophisticated.
3: The robot nurse has a monitor and a tablet. It has a microphone to communicate both visually and uh, through audio between the patients and the doctors remotely.
0: This is Sherry Trigg. Sherry Trigg is the editor and director of medical content for SAE Media Group, whom I work for, by the way. Sherry has edited SAE's monthly magazine medical design briefs for five years and has been covering medical technology since the early 90s. Sherry talked to us about Tommy and a bunch of other robots she's seeing in hospitals these days. Tommy was named after a son of one of the Lombardi Hospital's doctors. Tommy has a face that's actually a touchscreen and allows patients to record messages and send them to doctors. About two feet high, Tommy looks like the robots we've seen in movies, a bit like Eve from WALL-E and a bit like Rosie, the maid from the Jetsons. Tommy has a set of blinking eyes. Messages appear on its torso. The robot is familiar and endearing, two important features when you're introducing robots to the hospital.
3: They're kind of cute, and people respond well to cute. And while we're talking about cute, what's cuter than a dog?
0: A four-legged robotic technology from MIT, Boston Dynamics, and Brigham and Women's Health Hospital in Boston remotely measures patients' vital signs. Aside from four legs, the robot also has four cameras. While it's no puppy, the Spry Rover, known as Spot, is controlled by a handheld device. Spot can carry a tablet that allows doctors to talk to patients without being in the same room.
3: They can measure skin temperature, breathing rate, pulse rate, and blood oxygen saturation in healthy patients from two meters away, and that they're now testing it in patients with COVID-19.
0: The infrared camera measures both elevated skin temperature and breathing rate. Robots like Tommy and Spot are invaluable, says Sherry, in assisting nurses with the time-consuming tasks in a hospital that must be repeated regularly. Now... These activities can be performed without exposing anyone to COVID-19.
3: Many of these tasks are simple, such as taking blood, recording temperature, improving patient hygiene. But if robots were able to help with these simple, repetitive tasks, gives the nurses more time to focus on patient care and treatment where they're already stretched very thin.
0: Robots are being used for all kinds of things, to disinfect patient rooms, transport samples, and deliver medications. Sherry told us about another company that caught her eye for their use of robots.
3: There's a company, Diligent Robotics, for example, has been testing a robot called Moxie in hospitals in Texas. And Moxie is unique in that it's doing uh, commercial mobile manipulation, as they call it. So it picks supplies from the supply closets and delivers them to the patient rooms all completely autonomously. It does not need any intervention. Wow, that's kinda huge.
0: So in this episode of Here's an Idea, we're gonna look at the robotic landscape. Or more specifically, how doctors and nurses are putting robots to work. How good are these robots? Are they in the way? How well can human doctors and their robotic assistants work together in a pandemic? Will robots perform just the tedious tasks? Or will they provide emotional support as well? We'll talk to the human creators of a delivery robot in Spain as well as the lead researcher behind a kind of really, really long robotic arm. So, here's an idea. Hospital robots. When you're treating a patient with a highly infectious illness like COVID-19, you have to put on your protective gear. When you're done, you have to take it off. That takes a few minutes. And with plenty of patients in your unit, you may have to be donning and doffing the PPE all day. The process also calls for an additional person to help with the changing of gowns, gloves, and masks. And sometimes you have to do all that just to go in and make a quick adjustment to a ventilator, the kind of quick but necessary action that will give a patient more air. And this task just takes a couple minutes inside the room.
2: It occurred to us that, gee, if we could have some kind of a robot that could be operated remotely, the robot wouldn't care if there were germs and it could push the buttons.
0: This is Russ Taylor, a professor at Johns Hopkins University and director of the Laboratory for Computational Sensing and Robotics. Taylor was part of a team that developed a robotic remote control for hospitals.
2: So basically you're giving the ICU person a very long arm.
0: The result was a robotic device fixed to the ventilator screen with a horizontal bar on the top edge. The bar acts as a kind of back-and-forth station track for a stylus, held with two thin vertical bars. The finger-like stylus can be commanded and steered remotely, like an Etch-a-Sketch. A camera connected to the top bar sends an image of the screen to the operator's tablet.
2: We have computer software that takes the view from the video camera and readjusts it so it looks exactly as if you were looking at the screen yourself and so the uh, icu person has a touch screen like a tablet outside the icu and uh looks at the tablet and sees all the ventilator display and goes and basically pushes a button on the ventilator display the robot goes over and positions its little finger there and then uh the icu person pushes another thing on the tablet that says yes push that button
0: Professor Russ Taylor, by the way, was not working alone. There were plenty of other engineers on the project as well. Additional researchers included mechanical engineering professor Dr. Axel Krieger, who joined Johns Hopkins on July 1st, and a Johns Hopkins student, Misha Krenov. You can read a Q&A with Dr. Krieger on our episode page at techbriefs.com podcast. In just a few months, the team had a working prototype.
2: The original idea was to buy a very inexpensive six-degree of freedom arm that we could then build a system around, but the idea of building something like a very small plotter and mounting it on the ventilator uh, came up in a brainstorming session. Dr. Krieger then supervised an undergraduate who implemented a prototype very quickly.
0: A plotter, by the way, is a kind of printer. Designers have often used these plotter printers in engineering to draw continuous point-to-point lines. But the prototype had to be tested, and it just so happened that the biocontainment intensive care unit at Hopkins was not being used. The team could simply just do the
2: evaluation in that room. We had a, sort of a first prototype limping along in the lab uh, sometime in June, and a better prototype uh, by midsummer or late summer.
0: What was the big difference between the limping first prototype and the better prototype? Well, primarily reliability, says Russ.
2: Minor little things like, are you pushing the button correctly? Uh, We relied on computer vision to make sure that the finger was pointed correctly and that we made more reliable. There are basically little refinements.
0: During a recent test at the Johns Hopkins facility, a touchscreen tablet in one room changed the oxygen from a ventilator in the other room. The ventilator was attached to a mannequin. And it wasn't just engineers involved in this kind of demonstration. The medical staff, the people who would potentially be using this long robotic arm, were consulted throughout the design and test process.
2: They were involved from the very beginning in discussions and anytime we had something they you, you'd ask them to try it out and uh, so both at requirements and then frequent meetings as we were developing things and things got to a point where feedback was useful. Uh, further feedback, and especially now in talking about what the next steps should be.
0: The system is still being tested, but initial trials in the simulated environment have demonstrated how it could be deployed to help hospitals preserve protective gear, limit staff exposure to COVID-19, and provide more time for clinical work. To get this robotic arm into hospitals, though, will require more funding, says Russ. Russ and the team also want to find ways to easily disinfect the robotic system, so it can be reused. The robotic arm may not be ready in time to help deal specifically with COVID-19, but it will be potentially useful in dealing with other
2: infectious diseases down the road. And coronavirus is not going to be the only pandemic situation that we have. I mean, and even with this one, we're not quite sure how long it will last. We hope it will be over soon, but we will always have a need for people to go into these highly contaminated settings uh, to do very simple routine tasks.
0: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. FuTech Advanced Sensor Technology specializes in the research and development of sensors that measure force, torque, or pressure. For the past three decades, Futech has had the privilege to work with leading institutions, such as NASA, on groundbreaking missions like the 2012 Curiosity Mars Rover and the upcoming Viper Lunar Rover. To find out more about how their solutions and capabilities help support innovation in aerospace, visit www.futech.com. There you can check out applications like a multi-axial torque sensor and instrumentation system for quadcopter propeller testing, or the use of force measurement in the launch mechanisms of unmanned aerial vehicles. You can also explore over 100 application concepts across multiple industries, illustrating the limitless possibilities of Futex products. Aside from operating some hospital equipment, another kind of simple routine task for a robot is the delivery of supplies to patients even something as simple as a tray of food. In Spain, a company called Pal Robotics adapted new sensors to their existing robotic platform, the Tiago robot. Tiago is a mobile manipulator, or a robot with an arm, basically. And Tiago has mostly been used in research, at universities and institutions. But it's also been used in logistics, delivering supplies in indoor environments. The base robot uses lasers and cameras to find obstacles and navigate around them. In just two months, the robots were programmed to automatically deliver bandages, alcohol, and other supplies. The robots were tested in two Barcelona hospitals in 2020, for a number of weeks. Tiago Delivery is a robot with a safety box on top, which is locked and has a PIN code to access it. And this robot can be used to store medical supplies for hospital staff. The Tiago-based conveyor has a, well, conveyor near its head, and this is used in order to move food trays around the hospital, from one place to another and also to drop those food trays directly onto the patient's tables, or hopefully not drop them.
1: So the robots are small enough to operate easily in narrow corridors, which was very important for this project.
0: This is Lorna McKinley, who works in communications at PAL Robotics.
1: They're about half the height of a person, so it's easy to access the medical supplies inside or the food trays on top. And the main design aspect for deploying these solutions was integrating new sensors to make their navigation even better than it was before in order to operate in narrow spaces with a lot of people around.
0: Navigation, as you can imagine, is a bit tricky in a fast-paced hospital. Lasers and cameras help the robot to identify obstacles to map the environment and to understand where all the rooms are but the robot also needed additional sensors from a company in the Netherlands called Xarian. The Xerian sensors were placed on the robot, and they were pointed downwards to the ground to provide a detailed map, one that enables high docking precision. You can't drop the food tray, after all, and you need to make sure that the robot is in exact alignment with a table. Engineers like David Fernandez at PAL Robotics had to make sure that the robot would not get in the way of doctors or patients with wheelchairs or nurses, Here's David.
3: So
2: for this particular case, for a robot to navigate in the hospital, we have to be careful with wheelchairs, with users with reduced mobility, with other people around, with gurneys, and so on. In order to do this, we both use the laser that the robot has, which is basically a 2D laser that allows us to see obstacles like walls, doors, people, and so on. And we also use two depth cameras inclinated at different angles in order to have a good view of the floor to be able to also avoid small things that might be lying on the floor, like stuff, uh, boxes that have fallen, cables, and so on.
0: Implementing these robots does not involve any physical modification of a hospital. The self-contained robot just finds its path in a given area. So not much had to change in these Barcelona hospitals in a way. But a conveyor robot and a delivery robot moving down the hallway with doctors and nurses? That definitely caught people's attention, says Lorna.
1: There were a lot of people around when we were testing the robot and people were reacting towards the robot looking very surprised and there were a lot of people taking pictures and filming the robot as well. Um, People were also asking things like, what does the robot do? Will it do my cleaning at, at my house? Even medical staff were asking us questions like this, not only visitors. So, people were very interested in seeing what we were doing at the hospital with the robots. There were also some people stepping out of the way of the robot, even though they didn't need to, because the robot automatically avoids obstacles and people. And also, we would say as well that healthcare workers in the hospital had very positive reactions.
0: So robots in a hospital can take on the simple, repetitive tasks, like delivering a food tray. And when those tasks are taken care of, the staff is freed up and can be more dedicated to the patients and other critical work. But we, the humans, are still getting used to sharing a hallway with a Tommy robot, a Spot robot, or a Tiago robot. Like Lorna mentioned, many are still jumping out of the way when a robot arrives. Some people are a bit timid to share the space with a robot. While these robots are incredible, they're still not quite us. Here's Sherry Trigg.
3: What these robots lack is human touch. Uh, It can never be a substitute for human interaction. So I believe they will be most successful when there's a balance of patient interaction between the robot and the human caregiver. I always feel like a really successful robot is going to have a personality, kind of like Johnny Five, if you know that movie.
0: Oh, I know that movie. Who's Johnny Five? He's from the 1986 movie Short Circuit. He moves on tank tracks, his eyes blink. He has kind of a childlike sense of wonder.
3: He's the sweetest robot that has a personality in a movie from the 80s. And uh, you you just come to love him and you don't want anything to happen to him just like you would a person.
0: And we're not there yet where we feel a special, almost human-like connection to our technologies. But we're close. Spot is kind of a dog. Tommy is sort of a human.
3: The reports that I've been reading are that... The nurses and doctors are welcoming this digital intervention so that it takes some of the burden off of them, but they don't want it to completely replace them with the patient. So there's a place, but it's going to, I believe, always going to be a balance. Take a
0: robot like Spot. Spot uses its display to allow patients to get help. But those patients, they're still talking to a human doctor on the other side.
3: And like I said, the, the ones that are taking care of patients The emotional part of that is still provided by the human caregiver via a tablet or a screen so that they're not getting some robotic voice, they're getting the voice of their doctor.
0: Sherry does see a place for robots and believes if a hospital implements them during the pandemic, they are likely there to stay by the side of the doctors and the nurses. To our listeners out there if you want to learn more about the technology featured in today's interview go to techbriefs.com slash podcast here you can also find our previous episodes of here's an idea you can also get these episodes from your favorite podcast provider like apple podcasts spotify or stitcher i'm billy hurley thanks for being with us on here's an idea